hard on trying to bring you our struggles and our successes to this podcast i am eric and i'm joe (laughs) and we are the struggling hunters (laughs) i kind of i kind of forgot what i was going to say at the beginning of that little (laughs) intro there it's not even that complicated of an intro but i was kind of i haven't done it in a couple podcasts so well you did pretty good yeah, well, a little, little bit of room, a little bit of room of uh, of improvement. You know, I'll I'll let this one slide. I expect you know better next time, but <laughs> you're you're okay. <laughs> I know we're working on perfection. The great thing is, is we're still growing, and we don't have to be perfect quite yet. One more subscriber, and we might be perfect. So, right. if you're out there, consider subscribing. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You might as well. Give us a like and a follow. Just, I don't know, be all about us. If you're looking to make someone's day, you know, like if you really want to help someone out, like, you know, you're just like, oh, man, I wish there was something I could do to make someone's life better. You could subscribe or like hit hit the like button. Exactly. You'd, if, you'd help two guys out immensely. You'd help two guys out and, and you know, like, yeah, kind of, kind of to feed off of what you're saying. If if you see somebody struggling, you're like, yeah. you know what? I, I want to help them out. <laughs> I want to help them out by showing them that these two are struggling worse than they this guy ever could. Yeah. Share that video. Share share this podcast over to them. Make them feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your life isn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I guess tonight's just one of those nights, huh, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> Try to be funny, but we're not. Yeah. Well, sometimes uh, sometimes you just keep punching and one will land, right? Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess to get into the podcast, enough joking around. Time to get serious. Time to get real with it. Uh, tonight we're going to go over this article that Joe has a little bit of information on Joe. Uh, I'll hand it straight over to you and let you run away with it. Well, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen it. It's in the outdoor life. Um, I think magazine and kind of been floating around. It's uh, it's about the, you know, I think it's titled the Ohio hunter finds massive 233 inch deadhead buck. And, uh, you know the guy's name is Jason Klein. I think is what he what what it is, and he's that was kind of it was an interesting read, or in a, or fascinating, um, in a way, you know, because of this guy uh, Jason spent a couple years uh, doing the best that he could to pattern this particular deer. I think what did he call it? Uh, Herman. Hermans, yeah, Herman. You know. And uh, so he, and he was, you know, not only him that that knew about the buck, but I guess you know there's other people that knew about this this massive deer, and uh, 
he tried getting in a couple times. Um, you know, I, I thought, um, I'm, you know, I thought it was interesting that he pointed out, you know, how he could have shot at one year in particular. I think it was 2019 or two. Yeah, 2019. Um, and it he so the the backstory of this deer is it it lived on this on this farm that the hunter wouldn't allow people to hunt on but the uh the guy this jason guy he had permission to hunt on i think it was seven acres on the on one of the you know the the property boundaries and uh one year he had it in its sights in his sights during rifle season but at this particular area there was no fence to really show a division of the two properties so he wasn't quite sure if the buck was on the property he had permission to hunt on or uh, if it was on the side that he didn't have permission to hunt on. So he let it, let it go, which, you know, that's one of those things. It's interesting that he did that because, you know, <laughs> no one would probably known been the wiser, you know, to, as to if he, uh, the buck was on property he could hunt or not, but tried doing the right thing and let the deer slip away. And then, uh, then this last year, he said that he was was going after it, trying to decide whether he should shoot or not, and had a, had a the season was getting on on the getting on the later end of it before you know closing down, winding down. He hadn't seen that this big buck Herman running around, but uh, he kind of had this gut feeling that it may have died. And because he had that feeling and then he, <laughs> he uh, had another opportunity at a decent size uh, white. This, so these are, this was a white tail deer, a decent size white tail. I think he said it was 166 is what it scored. He ended up taking this other white tail and kind of the kicker of the story too is this Jason had permission to hunt um or sorry to, to take that back not hunt but shed hunt this farm where Herman lived this massive buck and so after the season was over and into the I think I can't remember the exact month but he asked the farmer if he could go in and kind of shed hunt and Jason was saying that he kind of had an idea in his mind where the, you know, the deer, if it was sick, where it would have went, um, and you know, this a thicket area. So he went along through that, through the brush and sure. And, and Creek bottom, I think is what he said too, but sure enough there, there, there he was dead already picked over and bones clean, not, well, not clean, clean, but, um, yeah. So he's been dead for a while. Um, he was unsure of what really killed him. If it was old age, I figured the buck to be eight years old, which I don't know if that's, you know, I think that's old for a deer, but I don't know. It wasn't like he was already going through a hard winter, you know, yet. Um, but he did call, call fish and game. They, I believe they came out and looked at it. And then he talked to the farmer and the farmer and the fish and game, let him keep the antlers. So, I mean, it, in a way, it's kind of cool that he spent all these, I think he said five, four or five years hunting this buck and it ended up dying, but yet, you know, he's still able to <laughs> harvest the antlers. 
Um, but yeah, but anyways, you know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, I've, so that's the long and short of the story, but you know, this area where this massive buck was living and, you know, I guess I get the article saying that everybody, you know, it wasn't just Jason that knew about it, but every a handful, more than a handful of people knew what that he was living in there and they'd all share pictures of, of the deer, you know, and trying to pattern them and decide where he would be and kind of sound like help each other out. But, you know, in a way it's almost like, I, you know, I kind of hope the deer died of natural causes, not, you know, getting shot and then went over here to when it went to where it went and just curled up and died. You know, you kind of hope it maybe was wounded some other way, maybe during the rut by another deer or coyote killed or who knows, you know, hopefully it wasn't got shot and then just, you know, uh, transpired because of being shot. But anyways, yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool little, little episode or a little, little read, you know, how fortunate I was, was for this Jason guy to be able to, you know, uh, harvest. I don't know if you want to use the word harvest, but you use the word harvest or, acquire the antlers you know of this of this big deer i'd probably say acquire i don't know i feel like harvest means more more like for the meat chase like right. the horns are the bonus but harvest is more more of gathering the meat yeah so acquiring would probably be the best word you know it kind of made me think as a we we kind of talked about you know the your own hunting morals and the code that you as a hunter lives by, and it was interesting that you know Jason put it in there that he had the opportunity to shoot it. Um, I think it was, like I said, 2019 is what it said, and then he didn't because he didn't know where the property boundary was. I know I said that earlier, but it just you know sticks in my mind, you know that he was <laughs> strong enough to not shoot. Yeah. To hold back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, I was thinking of that and I'm like, I'm all about like sticking with the rules and everything, but seeing something that big and you know, you're like, well, 50, 50 on that other side. I, you know, I'd yeah. be playing, I'd be playing all the odds myself. I'd, it'd be really hard to restrain on that, but you know, to his credit, that's cool that he did. And, and, uh, you know, the other interesting thing too, is like he showed other people have done it too, but showing finding sheds of that buck for two or three years. And, you know, I've never hunted in a situation to where I've seen the same deer year after year. Yeah. I, I being that, you know, I hunt in a dry area, and I think, I don't know, I think muleys do return to the same area in the, you know, after their, after their summer range going, or winter range going into the summer range. But, you know, whitetail, their home range is just pretty, basically like a square mile, and that's where they've lived their whole life. So a deer is going to kind of stay within the same area for, I mean, a whitetail deer. But, you know, I got kind of, after I got done reading it, I was like, you know, it'd be kind of fun just to, choose an area maybe you know i may not 
get to hunt it every year, but just start going, finding an area and just kind of going, go to that area and just see if you can start learning the deer or distinguishing the deer in that area to see if they, if you can even, or if, if I could even see them come back year after year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. I, yeah. I don't know what the mule deer ranges or if they have, or if they migrate a little more. They do. They have a, a winter range and a summer range. They had, you know, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. I knew that. And I think, I don't know if, I think we talked about it in one, one of the former, former episodes, but that was a big thing for me moving here to Utah was, uh, you know, from Idaho is, yeah, Idaho, we had whitetail and mule deer, but yeah, I focused more on the mule or sorry, the whitetail side of it all. And every time I, you know, like, no, I shouldn't say every time, but you go for a hike in the woods and if you're in a highly populated deer area, you'd come home with a shed or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I'd spend a lot of time, you know, I shouldn't say a lot of time, but I spent, yeah, a lot of time hiking up here around Bountiful. And honestly, I, I mean, I know guys, so let me back up the deer will, they, they kind of spend their winters closer in the town because of the Salt Lake Valley area. And like, you know, all that is where the deer used to winter. Like this was their winter range that, that I live in. And so the deer spend their time a little bit closer into town. And I'd always, um, you know, I'd be up, up in the mountains uh, looking for deer and I'd never tripped across any sheds. And I've only found one, one I found two sheds, but one shed I found up on the mountain and it's, he was a decent it was an old shed it was kind of interesting you know where i found it it was on the hillside between this tree and this and these rocks but uh but I, I've, I've only found the one shed but you know idaho like i said we'd go out and so i'd always beat myself up because i didn't think i was in the deer area because i wasn't finding sheds yeah i didn't understand that mule deer uh, had a hibernation route. I, you know, I, like I said, hunt, used to hunt in whitetail and we'd always kick up a shed or two if you're out and about because the whitetail lived within, you know, like one square mile of where they were born or wherever they were pressured into or where they were living. You know, they didn't have a migration route. Right. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's what's hard for both of I think both of us too is uh you know we grew up in one area and and uh I mean there there were so many ch- so many changes cuz I think uh you have to go through the draw for your, for all your deer right Yeah Yeah and and now here in Colorado I do too but you know obviously uh in Idaho it was just over the counter I want to hunt this area and Thankfully, I mean, luckily, you know, it was that area was all a pretty big area for all around us. So there wasn't any of the like special draw units or anything, you know, the unit that that area that we were at was big enough for us to to pretty much hunt everywhere we wanted. 
So it was really easy to get tags is what I'm getting at. And we'd all, and those tags were actually good for mule deer or whitetail. Right. But like you said earlier, everybody usually always hunted for whitetail for whatever reason. And, uh, uh, but yeah, like you kind of spend all those years trying to learn one species of deer to the best of your knowledge. And, and, and then like you move out here and it all, it's everything's so different. So it's, you know, you're playing like, for me, I feel like I played catch up trying to figure out exactly how everything works. And then you have to go through the draw to even get a deer. So it's kind of, it's kind of a whole different process, not complaining about it, but it's just a different, a, a whole different process and Avenue. Right. Uh, to, to hunt out here in Colorado slash Utah. But, uh, I sure do wish that supposedly there's some whitetails in Colorado, but it must be more on the, uh, on the front range side or I'm not a hundred percent sure where they are, but, uh, I've always only seen muleys out here, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm trying to have a reflect on the old whitetail days or, or where that story was necessarily going, (laughs) but, uh, just learn, just learning, I guess, just trying to learn everything. Luckily though, like nowadays, you know, it wasn't really that long ago. I mean, I guess maybe a little over 10 years ago, but, uh, nowadays there's so much information out there. It's, it's a little easier to learn, learn information on where to hunt and how to hunt, but some of it is just experience. Yeah. You know, I, and I feel like that's what I've been learning you know, trying to uh, get my elk, especially like sometimes just experience and, and uh, I've been kind of running with this thought of, you know, like the last few years we've stayed in the same unit, but we've kind of moved to areas, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I feel like whenever I'm finally successful on, harvesting my elk i'm gonna one of my plans is is that's kind of where i want to start for the next year you know what i mean because i know i had success in that spot so start there and (laughs) you know yeah uh just kind of a a thought that i've been having but uh definitely definitely looking for success this coming year and and uh hopefully Hopefully I draw for a deer too. I'm I'm just trying to draw for anything I can pretty much. So just to give me more opportunities to hunt, give me more chances for success. Right. Yeah. You know, sorry, not to kind of go back on that article, you know, I don't, (laughs) You know, just just trying to wrap my head around, you know, like just hunt. I, I said earlier, hunting one deer, or trying to hunt one deer. You know, like I feel like that's a little different of a mentality that you'd have to be in, in a way. Like, yeah, you have your mentality side of it as a, you know, you kind of have your mind made up of what you, of 
what you want and what <laughs> what you're expecting you know like yeah like you know if you're not gonna fill your tag on some little two point if you know there's some how how big was that 233 um, 33 inch buck yeah you know like it's <laughs> and then how jason this kid you know had the you know <laughs> hadn't been seeing the the buck on his trail cam so he decided to take this other i guess great buck but i wouldn't be mad at a 162 that's for sure <laughs> And I guess that kind of what I'm getting at too is kind of the lessons you learn in hunting. If, if you try, if you try hard, you know, if, if you're an actual, or I shouldn't say actual, but just trying to be a good hunter, you know, as far as ethics go and like self-control, you know, like, you know, are you on the right side of the law? Are you doing what you can to understand the law? Are you, you know, if, if no one's watching, are you still following the law? or you know like and then uh, yeah yeah it uh you know i would like to ask somebody you kind of brought up a good point i'd like to ask somebody that that that's you know obviously better at hunting deer than us does that, or actually people out here in Utah and Colorado, if that's a thing, like for mule deer, if they find one on their trail camera and they hunt that one, is it, cause most of this is more like Ohio, for example, Michigan, right. White tails where they kind of, they kind of have their homes and they spot them on their trail camera and they, they at least know that those books are in the area. Uh, I don't know if you can, I'm sure you can. I mean, I, I don't really want to say you can't, but I just, I'm really curious if you can on, uh, on, on uh mule deer too, if you can kind of put a stock on one particular buck. Yeah. Well, I want to say that like watch some videos and, of people doing a stock on one buck and like it, they'll, they may have a couple chances, but then if the buck's very wise, it seems like it, it leaves the area or does something that like, you don't know where it is. So it's not like, it seems like, yeah, I've never talked to anybody, you know, that's really patterned and deer that closely in person. I've just seen hunting videos and they've always talked about like, if, you know, like if they did spook it, they maybe get another chance but more than often than not like they lose it for three or four days yeah or you know and then or someone else ended up shooting it four ridges over or something but it's just it's just kind of fascinating kind of interesting too like i've never like i said i've never done that as far as uh scouting a deer that hard to know know where it's going to be and where it's going to, what it's going to do in its natural habitat. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. 
a lot to learn, even for the struggling hunters, but that's why we're the struggling hunters. So it kind of, it kind of all comes back around. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't like to get too down on myself because I mean, it's all so new as far as, you know, hunting up in Idaho my entire life having family tradition of, of showing me where things are at uh, friends and their family too, you know, growing up with, with all those, with the outdoors, you know, and, and being so familiar with those areas, being familiar with the way to hunt up there and then coming out here and everything's so new, have to find your own spot to hunt. I mean, there's really no excuse with, with e-scouting and I mean, there's so many tools, but, uh, but I, I don't know. It, I, I just don't like getting too hard on myself because it is a lot of, a lot of just trying to figure new stuff out. Yeah. Um, and obviously I'm still trying to figure it out, but just got to get some success under the belt. So have a little bit of fun with it. True. True. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Do you, are you, are you kind of wanting to round it off? Yeah. I was just sitting there thinking, I think I made all the points that I kind of wanted to make. I don't know, you know, what else I'd kind of want to you know rabbit holes to really go down. Other than, yeah, no, I don't, I can't think of anything else. 10 4. Uh, I do want to say, like last week, um, I listened to it back, didn't sound quite as bad as I had it in my head, but I do apologize for having a head cold. It wasn't COVID or nothing, it was just a simple head code, head cold. But, uh, God, I just was not like, I mean, it just was taking over. I was trying to hold tough through the, the podcast and, uh, uh, this week kind of like on the free site or kind of rounding off going, talking about current events. I did. I had so much more to say about, uh, the Super Bowl and the fights of last week. Um, I don't, I mean, I feel like it's all kind of done, but, but I felt so bad because I had some stuff planned, you know, but then my head cold was getting the best of me. And I was like, I got, I, we just got to get off here. So, so I kind of apologize, or I do apologize for that. And, and, uh, it is what it is, but we still, you know, got the podcast out and that's really what's important to us. Just making sure that we get them out every week and, and, uh, doing our best and forgetting the rest, but. Um, with that guys, everybody that listens and, and supports us. I mean, we say it every week, but we can't say it enough. Uh, we really appreciate it. You know, you guys kind of, you guys really keep us going. And, uh, before Joe gets us out of here, actually, do you have any finishing thoughts in that realm? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, I just wanted to get out of here with uh, one little uh, hunting joke. Uh, 
and uh and then joe can get us out of here for the night but uh hunting is the least of their worries two deer hunters met in the woods the first one said to the other boy i am glad to see you i've been lost for hours the second deer hunter said that's nothing i've been lost for a week (laughs) (laughs) oh that's that's us and we're not even lost (laughs) yeah yeah that's us and we have onyx (laughs) right anyway i just thought that was kind of funny i just thought we'd round it off with a little joke little hunting joke and uh joe unless you got something else i'll have no get us out of here thanks again guys for listening to us hopefully you know that got you to got you thinking on something hope something you want to do something you want to read about something you want to pursue uh again give us a like subscribe tell a friend um leave a comment we appreciate it and thanks again for listening to the struggling hunters have a good one guys see you next week